College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? Happy Sunday. Big shout out to everybody in Philadelphia, 1210 WPHT. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and I'm usually 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden today, broadcasting on the air of 1210 WPHT and uh, 50,000 powerful watts of this uh, formerly known as the Big Talker. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Uh, Happy Sunday again, and lots of news this week. I want to recap a few things. So, there was the mask mandates that were and then weren't then and were again and weren't again. Then there was Elon Musk. He's buying Twitter. He's not buying Twitter. It looks like he's buying Twitter again. He's mustered up the money and uh, we're going to see how that develops. Plus, there was uh, Anthony Fauci. He's very upset about these things. We talked about that yesterday. But I want to talk about the big story that uh, for the rest of the week was Disney, right? Ron DeSantis blasting Disney saying, look, you guys are enjoying protections that nobody else has. And the legislature took a vote on it and said, look, these types of special arrangements where we give you self-governing status, where you become in effect your own county, you could have your own cops, your own fire department, your own this and your own that. All that stuff uh, is coming to an end because it, it was done at a time when we didn't have the resources, you know, 60 years ago, whatever. Now we do have the resources and that's done. Some are saying that this is the government taking retaliation, which is illegal. And I, I don't know which one it is. I mean, I do think that this came to scrutiny because of Disney's attacks on the administration and then, you know, looking into stuff saying, oh, my gosh. Now, what are they looking into it with the purpose of retaliating? I, I can't say for sure. I mean, it certainly appears that way. And we'll see what happens. But it looks like they took the vote in the legislature. They made their decision. The people have spoken. Listen to this. And we will vote on these two bills. It is my hope that we will be able to proceed civilly and with decorum and with respect for one another. Those are the Disney people screaming at the top of their lungs, screaming. Listen to this. Another. Read the next bill. By Senator Bradley, Senate Bill 4C, a bill to be entitled an act relating to independent special districts. The screaming doesn't end. They're getting belligerent. They're Representative Fine, you're recognized to explain your bill. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. It seems as Mickey and many have joined us in the chamber today. That said, this is the bill that we discussed yesterday. Members, we will either go into structured debate or we will call the previous question. Representative Renner, you're recognized for a motion. Mr. Speaker, I move the previous question on the bill. Representative Renner moves the previous question on the bill. This motion is not debatable and requires a majority vote. All in favor say aye. aye. All opposed, no. Show the bill. Show if motion passes. We will now proceed to call the previous question. 
<laughs> they are freaking out. And I'm sorry uh, to hit you with that so early on a Sunday morning. But I wanted you to hear what was going on because this is government in action, right? The people have spoken. They've gotten into this. Now, people are saying that, you know, this is messed up. Uh, DeSantis is using the government to bully. And all I can say is politics, by definition, is influencing the balance of power. So when you're influencing the balance of power, what happens? You use the power that you have to promote the agenda. In this case, they're trying to promote a pro-family agenda because fighting the left requires you to fight like the left. And for years, the criticism has been the Republicans don't fight like the left. You're right. They didn't. They've always taken the high road. They've always followed the letter of the law and not done things like this. And DeSantis and Trump, they figured out you have to be able to fight the same way these guys do. Am I saying that it's retaliation? I wouldn't say retaliation, but I would say you put yourself on the radar. You start getting into their business when he just says, look, we're going to have a a parental rights and education bill. And then Disney comes out and attacks him saying, we're going to do everything we can to lobby and go after you. That is their right. Good for them. But when that happens, you put the spotlight on you and people are going to notice things they may not have noticed before. And I think that's exactly what happened here. I don't think it's retaliation because they've exercised their free speech, but we'll see. Um, You know, some are saying that Disney is going to sue and Disney is going to win. I don't know how that's going to end up, but we will keep you posted on that. Now, Jen Pacerco back Pasaki. She says, no, 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 it's absolutely critical. It's important. Uh, Maybe I'm adding a little emphasis there. But she says, you know what? We have to teach children. It's a totally appropriate thing to teach children about gender in the classroom in first and second grade. Listen to this. Don't parents have a right to have concern? I mean, we're talking specifically here about teaching about sex in kindergarten through third grade. I have to say, as a parent, I would have problems with that. But the law is not about teaching sex education. It's about teaching about gender identity. And so what, what do you do if a parent or a kid, should I say a kid in one of these elementary schools, says... What about Sally? Sally has two moms, or I'm not sure if I'm a girl or a boy. I mean, these are kids who are experiencing. Tommy, you're going to have to talk to your mommy about that. Sally, you're going to have to ask your mom about that. That's an excellent question, young man. Make sure you ask your mom about that. And I'll send her a note to remind you to have that conversation. That's what you do. Continue. Um, you know, these moments in their lives. I also think that these are not, there's not a big record of there being either sex education or extensive gender identity education in these schools. And this is creating a problem or a political cudgel about an issue that I don't think exists. Of course, that's Jen Pasirkelback, Pasaki, Silent P, of course, uh, with Chris Wallace. So, This is a uh, age-old question. No, it's not an age-old question. It's a brand-new question. Everybody's always dealt with this stuff. There's always been, well, how come so-and-so doesn't have a mom? How come so-and-so doesn't have a dad? Single-parent homes, all sorts of mixed and different types of families, uh, people in foster care. We've never had to introduce any type of special curriculum to teach first-graders and uh, second-graders Excuse me, that people have different family structures and systems. We've never had to do it, and we don't need to do it now. That's the bottom line. But Jen Pasirkelback Pasaki, Silent P, she thinks that it's absolutely necessary. Why? Because she loves to push the line. She loves to to toe the uh, company line. And I guess she could uh, accuse me of doing the same thing. But I think I'm just speaking from a perspective of, A, I have children, and B, and I think she has children too, and I think it's up to the parent to do these things, right? I mean, this is just simple, basic stuff. Anyway, now there's also a big victory for free speech. 
there was a professor in Ohio that had been ejected from his job or was about to be uh, ejected from his job because he refused to acknowledge somebody by the pronouns that they preferred, saying that he wouldn't be able to do that. He would call them by their name. And that wasn't a sufficient compromise. So, And I'm going to bring somebody in from Ohio to help us break that down. Plus, at the bottom of the hour, she's a former intelligence analyst and now clinical psychologist. She's going to help us break down a couple of things as well. So we've got two guests coming up. A first, well, maybe not a first, but a second on This Is America. We've got uh, Josh Mandel running for Senate coming up and... Dr. Angela Plowhead also coming up, running for Congress in Oregon. Don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all the social media. And you've seen the headlines. Free speech continues to be under attack, but it seems there was a victory for free speech, not only for free speech, but for religious liberty, because an Ohio professor, he took his university to task after he was forced and mandated by the administration to go ahead and uh, accept their will. They said, you have to call the students what they want to be called. He said, no, he had a religious objection. And Professor Nick Merriweather won in court. Now, with me to break it down, special guest, and we don't bring a lot of special guests on, but when I think they're special, I bring them on. We've got the former treasurer from the state of Ohio, Josh Mandel. He's also running for the United States Senate in the state of Ohio. Josh Mandel, welcome to This is America. Hey, Rich. Great to be on. My pleasure, brother. So I want to I wanna start off with uh, you hearing a reaction that came out just a little while ago. This is a hat tip to Fox News. I want you to hear Professor Nick Merriweather, and then uh, I want you to respond. In January of 2018, I called on a student. I used the phrase, yes, sir, that his, his hand was up. And so he approached me after class and asked me then to uh, refer to him as female using female pronouns, female titles. And when I explained to him that I would not be able to do that, um, the student complained to the administration. And the administration initially was willing to agree to an accommodation where I would use the student's proper name, which was feminine. But then the university changed course and decided to discipline me. 
And then here we are three years later with the lawsuit resolved. So I had to file suit to protect my position, but also to protect free expression in the classroom. I fully anticipated that I would eventually be fired. Absolutely. But I, one thing I want to emphasize is that this is really not about the student. The student actually stayed in the class and did extremely well. He was a good student. This was about being forced to endorse the ideology uh, that the university wanted me to, to affirm. And this is extremely dangerous. It's very unhealthy for higher education for professors to be forced to speak a message that they don't agree to. So this is a great win. It's a huge win for all college professors throughout the country so that we can have uh, uh, higher education can be a place where people can debate and discuss and disagree with each other without being forced to, to affirm an ideology they don't agree to. So, Josh Mandel, you are an Ohioan. I think that's what you guys are called. And this professor, Nick Merriweather from Shawnee State University, I think he stood his ground. And I'm, I'm happy to see what he did, because, I, like I said before, I think it's a win for religious liberty. I think it's a win for free speech. What say you? Agree. It's a win for both religious liberty and free speech. Uh, props to Professor Merriweather for having the guts and the backbone to stand up for professors and students all, all over college campuses in this nation. You know, what's happened with the uh, woke movement is that they tried to bully and cancel those of us who believe in traditional values, those of us who believe in biblical values, those of us who believe in simple facts like boys are boys and girls are girls. And, and I think it's important to take a step back, Rich, and remember who are the intolerant ones. You know, the left and the media likes to call us intolerant for believing in traditional values and biblical values. But the reality is, it's the left that is the intolerant ones. Our beliefs have been around for thousands of years. Their beliefs, they're just making up on the fly. And so they're really the intolerant ones because, you know, they are totally disrespectful to our beliefs, which are tried and true and proven, in fact, in Bible and in natural law. Now, on top of that, you know, to take tax money, Ohio tax money, um, and the money of this university and have it wasted on this is outrageous as well. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see administrators be personally liable rather than the taxpayers of Ohio for this $400,000. Isn't that an interesting way to look at things? Because, you know, over the last year or two, maybe three, we, we've seen a really aggressive leftward push to start holding people personally accountable. Uh, a few weeks ago, I saw a nurse get uh, brought up on charges and found guilty for killing someone that she made a medication um mistake on. Uh, prior to that, we saw Officer Kim Potter. She also got brought up on charges for a work-related accident. Again, these are fatal accidents. And people were making the case saying, you know, when people in healthcare make these accidents, nobody does anything. Well, that's changing there. And it's changing. And I think there's an attack on this qualified immunity. And the professor talks about this because not only from a position of religious liberty, but he says, you know, the, the debate and the discussion that you need to honestly and robustly have in a situation of higher learning isn't going to happen at the university level if you're going to coerce a professor's speech. So I think you're, you're onto something there. But I want you to shed a little light on how this, if at all it does, show what's going on with Ohio politics overall. Do you think this is the direction of the state? There's a leftward push. Is there a resistance towards the leftward push? You're a candidate for the U.S. Senate. So I think if anybody, you have a good idea of what's going on on the ground. Resistance to a leftward push, Rish. Um, I mean, there is, when I travel the state, 
you know, I'm a conservative, full-spectrum constitutional conservative, but obviously, you know, Ohio is a mixed state, and, you know, I meet people who are, you know, Democrat, Republican, independent, libertarian, vegetarian, you know, whatever they are, <laughs> there is a growing consternation and anger among um, taxpayers and just moms and dads and grandparents in general of what's being, you know, stuffed down the throats of our kids, both in K-12 education and in higher education. And this this is not, you know, the media wants this to be like a Democrat versus Republican issue. It's not. If you go to blue-collar towns, in, you know, near Youngstown or Toledo or Dayton, and you talk to truck drivers and Teamsters and pipe fitters and welders who are, you know, union Democrats, they're not into this stuff. They're not into... Um, kids kneeling at a, taking a knee at a high school football game. You know, if you, if, if you went to a high school football game in Youngstown, you know, which in the, the, the stands would probably be filled with more Democrats and Republicans. If some kid took a knee for the national anthem, he would be snatched up so quickly by the back of his jersey by one of the parents, <laughs> and you wouldn't even know what happened. You know, if you had, you know, uh, in Dayton, if you allowed a, a 16-year-old boy in the girls' locker room, the outrage among moms and dads would be so strong, such a strong backlash. And so, you know, this craziness that the left is trying to push on our kids and our families and our communities, it's backfiring in states like mine, like Ohio. You know, and it sounds so much like New York, like Pennsylvania, outside of the big cities of, of New York City and Philadelphia proper. But when you go into the suburbs and the rest of these states, it, it seems to be that that is the general consensus, but yet there's that big push toward the left. Now, I want to, I guess, switch gears a little bit and focus on the U.S. Senate. Obviously, it's a contentious race that you're in. There's a few people in there. I want to get your opinion on, you know, why you're running, why you're doing it, and let everybody know who you are. Sure. I'm uh, Josh Mandel. My website is joshmandel.com, J-O-S-H-M-A-N-D-E-L.com. Uh, I am a grandchild of Holocaust survivors. Uh, one of my grandfathers was uh, liberated by American troops. Uh, my grandmother, was uh, saved by a network of very courageous Christian families. And in uh, trying to pay back those two debts to the U.S. military and to that network of Christian families, and I joined the Marine Corps, uh, did a couple of tours in Iraq, did my small part. And in my time in public service here in Ohio, and as the next U.S. senator from Ohio, I have been and will be uh, a real champion for religious liberty, religious freedom, and men and women of faith. Uh, I'm running on a platform to restore the Judeo-Christian bedrock of America. I'm running on a platform to advance the cause of individual liberty. I'm running on a platform to put the American people first uh, and ensure that you know when it comes to closing the borders, when it comes to manufacturing jobs in places like Toledo and Cleveland and Marietta, Ohio, that we're prioritizing companies and jobs and families in Ohio, not in China and India and Russia. Uh, I'm also running on a platform to um, protect the Second Amendment of our Constitution with no compromise, no give-in at all. You know, I believe the Second Amendment helps us protect the rest of our constitutional rights, and it's something that must be defended. In fact, tonight uh, here uh, in the Columbus area, I'm going to be signing uh, a pledge with the Ohio Gun Owners Association that uh, states just that. And so I'm a full-spectrum conservative. I'm a fighter. You know, when John Kasich was governor, I was the biggest thorn in his side because he was, he, he was acting like a Democrat. And when I get to Washington, I'll do the same thing if the Republicans are acting like Democrats there. You know, I'm not going there to make friends. I'm not going there to be liked by the media. I'm going there to stand up for the Constitution and stand up for the individual liberty and personal freedom that you and I and our listeners here hold dear. You know, Josh Mandel, and that's M-A-N-D-E-L, joshmandel.com. 
Uh, Josh, tell us, I guess, what is, you know, to wrap up here, the biggest lesson that you took away from your service in Iraq and how you employ that in your life today? Bearing. You know, one of the leadership traits and principles that the Marine Corps hammers into you is bearing. Uh, bearing meaning, you know, not getting too high in the good days, not getting too low in the bad days, and just being calm and cool and uh, being a strong, steady leader. And I think that's what our, our country needs right now is a strong, steady leaders. And when you look at Biden, you look at Pelosi, you look at Schumer, you see the opposite. You see weak, you see wobbly, and you see leaders who are getting steamrolled by the Putin's and the Xi's of the world. You know, I think the Russian Federation and the Chinese Communist Party are laughing at Biden and the Democrats. And it's why, you know, we need to elect next year, not just Republicans, but the right kind of Republicans, Republicans who are backbone, steel spine fighters like Ted Cruz, like Mike Lee, like Jim Jordan and like me, Josh Mandel. All right, folks, check them out online. JoshMandel.com. Josh, thanks you for your service. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Rich. All right, folks, more to come straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Hey, Nissan, how do you get to the top? Calculating. Proceed to 1959. Take a hard left in East Africa at the 71 Safari Rally. Veer right for 19 off-road championships in the Baja Desert. Proceed towards Moab. Take the trail to Hell's Revenge. Include steep incline. Continue for the next million miles. Um, where to first again? 60 years, millions of miles, and the capability to take you anywhere. This is the new Nissan. The 45th President Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good, Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. Oh, it's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I wanted to get into some head shrinking, and I hope that's not a uh, pejorative nowadays. But there's so much talk about what's going on in classrooms, what's going on with children, children that identify this way, children that identify that way. And I figured, you know what, let's let's take a page of advice from Katanji Brown Jackson, right? She said she couldn't identify gender because she wasn't a biologist. So I'm going to say I can't do any psychology here because I'm not a psychologist. So I'm going to bring in a clinical psychologist. Her name, Dr. Angela Plowhead. She happens to be a candidate for Congress in Oregon. Her head website, AngelaForOregon.com. And we'll get into that at the end. But I think she's got a great background. She uh, was an intelligence analyst with the United States Air Force, so she's a veteran. She went to school. She got a doctor of psychology degree. She's a clinical psychologist now and private practice, small business owner. 
And she's uh, really, I think, such an ideal person to to run for office because she's got the answers, right? According to the now justice or soon to be justice, uh, Brown Jackson, you know, she she's got the credentials. She can talk about psychology. So, Angela Plowhead, Doctor Angela Plowhead, welcome to This Is America. Thanks for having me, Rich. I'm. I'm- Highly honored to be here. My pleasure. So uh, I'm looking at your bio. It says that you're a constitutional conservative, that you're in ministry in your church. And I think these are all, you know, green flags, not red flags, but green flags for what we want to see in a candidate for office. And I oftentimes say, you know what? Politics is not an honest man's game. And this is why so few honest and good and qualified people get into the game. What possessed you to get involved? So, you know, because of what I saw in my my role as an intelligence analyst in the Air Force, it, it allowed me to have a better understanding of what communism looks like and what it does to people. And when I started to see our elected leaders embrace ideas of communism and then start to enact them on the American people, I said, absolutely not. I'm getting involved and I'm going to put a stop to this um, as best I can. And so, you know, I started getting super active um, politically and I'd always been in liked politics, um, but had never thought I would necessarily run for office. But to see just the sheer lunacy of what's happening, uh, we need some people that have some common sense and have an understanding of what they're looking at and then how to make a change and um, not just what they're seeing, but when they see a policy come across, because that's what, that's what legislators do. They, they create policy. So to see policies come across and have an understanding of, okay, this is how it's going to affect our people, not just now, but later on. Um, you know, I saw that with the Patriot Act and was just out of my mind with how people couldn't see that that would eventually be used as a weapon against the American people. Thank you for sharing that, because I think it leads right into what I want to talk about. You're talking about people making the right decisions, people in leadership that are going astray. This is the same problem that I see. But what I find interesting is that they're glaring. They're in our face, right? There's a headline here a week ago. Oregon's top administrative law judge charged in child porn case. John Michael Mann charged with 10 counts of possessing or accessing child porn. And again, nobody's going to live in a community where they're not affected by any type of malady or or societal uh, ill. You know, there's crime everywhere and these problems are going to be everywhere. But when we're in a situation right now in the United States and Oregon, I have to say, is one of those states that leads the way. So is uh, Washington with this crazy leftist bent towards perverting children. And it's been that way for a long time. Uh, Before I got into radio, I worked at Project Veritas. I ran James O'Keefe's national field operations. And we had an operation going in Oregon with a bunch of teachers that had come to us saying, you have to see the stuff in the curriculum. And they would send us all this stuff about telling kids, uh, you know, explore your sexuality, buy an oversized pair of sweatpants, and then get in with anybody from the opposite sex, from the same sex, just get into them naked, Uh, both of you, in one set of pants and see what happens. It recommended the craziest of things that I honestly don't even feel comfortable talking about. And I think, wow, this is insanity, but this is what's happening. And since you're the expert on this insanity stuff, uh, why is it that schools, public schools in in Oregon and anywhere else, because we've got people listening from everywhere, why are they pushing gender dysphoria on our children? So when I went back and started to research this, I was really disturbed to find that back in 2007, there were activist scientists, um, and and I say that word loosely because a lot of the science that they're putting out in these journals is really kind of junk science. You know, you're talking about very poor quality studies. They're oftentimes qualitative studies, which means that they go around asking people questions, but they don't do any actual scientific study. They don't do any kind of blind research. 
to look at what happens um, in different situations. And so they take these stories and they put them into a paper and they say, oh, this is science. Um, and then, so what I saw was back in 2007, they decided that there is no gender, we're, we're one gender. And so we're going to put um, this agenda into schools, into curriculum, and by 2015, we want to have this goal of having this idea taught in all schools. So they, they literally state this in the research papers. Mm -hmm. um, and part of this was the whole transgender agenda. You know, and so teaching transgenderism me. to children so they can get rid of the idea that we actually have two genders. Crazy. Now, you know, this comes as very little surprise to me because back in the early 2000s, I'd seen a clip, a video clip of a transgender doctor. So I'm guessing he was born a male and transitioned to a female. He was giving an interview to change the definition of transgenderism or gender dysphoria from mental illness or at least the treatment aspect of it. And you correct me and I'm wrong or right on this. I think that was true until parents took notice of what was happening. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think COVID really was a blessing in that way because it allowed people to get involved to understand what was happening. And then when people started to see they're teaching my children what, um, then they started to, to wake up and to stand up. And so, you know, I'm really fortunate to have come alongside a lot of parents and a lot of educators that are saying, we're not going to do this to our kids. It's abusive. And to start taking a stand on it, you know, you mentioned the, the judge here that was caught with child pornography. That's not just happening with our judges. It's happening in our schools. Mm -hmm. So here in Oregon, in a matter of two weeks, we had four educators that were arrested for sex crimes against children, four of them. Mm -hmm. And some of these are in the same districts where they're pushing these really outlandish trans policies. One of them in the, where I live, Salem Kaiser, they have just dropped their trans policy. And this was a week after they had a teacher that was found to have sent a nude picture to a middle schooler. Yep. I saw that. And so a week later, they accidentally released this trans policy that they had apparently been working on for three years without input from parents, without input from the school board, and decided that this was the way they were going to go. And it has some of the weirdest things in it. So not only do they allow trans students to choose um, what sports team they want to be on, but they then give them access to not just the bathrooms, but also the locker room of the team that they've decided to be on. So if it's a boy who has identified as a female and then chooses to be on the girls' soccer team, then that child gets to come into the girls' locker room for the sports, um, you know, during practices and during um, any time that they're in there. Um, but then they also get to stay in the room on overnight trips wow. with their team. Mm -hmm. When one of the school board members asked about well, what about girls that have had sexual assaults? What if they have, you know, some sort of sex crime in their past and, you know, now they have trauma related to that? And with the answer that we were given was, well, they can come tell us that they're uncomfortable and we will provide an alternate for them. So now the girl who is with other people of her sex feels comfortable in that space. This is her safe space. Now she gets kicked out of it and gets isolated Right. And, and again, because, I just want to translate this because I am the layman, the normal person. And I'm going to use the word normal or typical um, is being given an accommodation for the atypical person to get the normal or typical treatment. Right. And there's no 
there's no recognition that they are putting girls into a difficult situation. Um, or the recognition that of sex assault victims, 90% of them are women. Yeah. And only, only one third of those are ever actually going to tell someone. Where you have people that, a very small percentage of people that are transgender or gender dysphoric, and those people are actually going to self-identify. And so you're taking these people, a very small percentage of people, so you might have one in an entire high school or elementary or whatever, um, and that one person is then going to dictate what happens to the rest of the population. Wow. So let's, uh, I guess, fast forward to the campaign. How do you change things in Oregon through Washington as a member of Congress? What's your plan? What's the first thing you want to tackle? Oh, there's so much, <laughs> right? You know, we need to get our economy under control. Um, you know, we need to do things like give her the death, death tax. Um, we need to do things like um, reduce some regulation so that way people in business can actually um, afford to hire um, can actually uh, get businesses started and going um, so that our farmers can get back to actually the job of farming and selling based on what they need and what the market dictates versus what um, someone in Washington says that they should do um, so that we can get some of these issues with distribution uh, under control so that we're not like right now, you know, everyone's concerned about what's going to happen with food. Well, if our farmers were actually able to farm what they wanted to farm um, at the times that they felt they needed to do it, then we would have more local sources for food and wouldn't have to be importing so much of it. Um, and, you know, get jobs back into America, you know, make sure that our national security is actually secure, that our intelligence um, failures that have been so glaring over the last few years, especially during this presidency, um, are corrected and we, we can no longer afford to have intelligence agencies that are so focused on worrying about what Americans are doing versus making sure that we don't have, you know, 42 people on the terrorist watch list coming into America um, through our southern border or, you know, the failures that we saw in Afghanistan and now in, you know, Russia and Ukraine. Um, you know, we need to make sure that we have appropriate people on our intelligence committees um, that actually love America sure. and um, aren't trying to destroy it. Um, Angela, tell me, what is your you know, perspective th- on the idea that the United States should not be involved in t- intelligence gathering, that we n- need to stop meddling in foreign affairs and just, you know, just isolate ourselves from the rest of the world so that we can solely put America first? We absolutely need to put America first, but part of putting America first is knowing what our enemies are doing. Mm-hmm. If we don't know what our enemies are doing, then they're going to start meddling in what we're doing. And we also use that information as leverage. You know, that's how we keep America safe. Yeah, I agree. And I find this, I hear this argument a lot that we've just got to get out of here. We've got to get out of there. And I'm thinking this is one of the, the most powerful countries in the world, uh, if not the most powerful country in the world. And I like to think it is because we are leveraged in so many ways, because we've got bases all over, because we have a robust intelligence apparatus. And there are people that give us a run for our money, like the, the Russians and the Chinese and others, um, even the Saudis. So I think, yes, we have to be competitive. And we have, yeah, and we have done best when we have led by strength. And so by taking this lead from behind approach that o- o- Obama first initiated and now Biden has taken up again, um, it has really put us on the precipice of World War III. And it, 
this is the failure of what's going on right now. You know, we need to get back into a position of strength where when we say this isn't going to happen, we actually have someone that's willing to, to carry it out. We're on with Dr. Angela Plowhead, a former Air Force intelligence analyst turned clinical psychologist and candidate for Congress in Oregon. AngelaForOregon.com is the website. Angela, final words. You know, right now we are in the fight for the soul of our nation. And we need people that are going to step up and be strong, that are going to stand on principle, that aren't going to be um, swayed by political persuasion and what's best for their career. We need people that really have an understanding and an in-depth knowledge of what's going on in our nation and what's happening to our kids because they're coming after our kids and they're, they're succeeding. And so, you know, we need to stand up and we need to stand strong. We need to take back the narrative from the left and to make sure that we are pounding the ground every day that we have fighters that are in there that are going to be fighting for us all the time that aren't going to back down. And so, you know, I'm one of those people and I hope that, you know, all of your listeners are going to support me, that they're going to get onto our website um, at AngelaForOregon.com or Let'sFixThis.us and uh, support me and help me to get there. Excellent. Dr. Angela Plowhead, Godspeed to you. Thank you for joining us. Hope to do it again real soon. All right. Thanks, Rich. All right, and more to come straight ahead. We got the final thought, the wrap-up of the program, brought to you by JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com slash Rich for the free newsletter. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. Stay tuned. This is America. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Yes, I do have the best head of hair in podcasting. We are making it great again. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, here with you on Sunday, 1210 WPHT. And I want to wrap this up because I think these people are crazy. And if not crazy, maybe even demonic, or should I say satanic, now you're thinking, Rich, you're going nuts, you're, you're using all these crazy words. Well, no, not necessarily. I'm, I'm serious. I'm talking about uh, a school board that just struck down the satanic club. I want to get to that in a second, but I was scrolling through social media. I think I was on Instagram. Somebody sent me something, and big shout out to all the listeners that like to send things our way, because I love to take a look at these things. And one of the things that I found was, a government meeting in Alaska that opened with a word of what seemed to be a prayer or affirmation for Satan. I'm not kidding. Listen to this. We'll now have an invocation by Iris Fontana from the Satanic Temple. You may either remain standing or be seated. No one's required to participate. Please come forward. So this woman goes ahead and says her benediction, her invocation, does what she has to do, and she wraps up with this. It is done. Hail Satan. Thank you. That happened in an actual government meeting in Alaska. At least that's the video that I saw, and I thought, man, this is kind of crazy. But stranger things have happened, right? The Pennsylvania school board, they've now rejected an after-school Satan club for an elementary school. Northern Elementary School in York considered the introduction of the Satan club at Tuesday night's meeting. The club, which was proposed and pushed by a parent at the school, was initially rejected by the principal. However, the club was up for a probationary vote at the school board meeting. Here's a quote. The after school Satan club is an after school program that promotes self-directed education by supporting the intellectual and creative interests of students. The Satanic Temple says on its website. 
The Satanic Temple has been making a concerted effort to push into elementary and grade schools in opposition to Christian after-school clubs. The Satanic Temple opened an after-school Satan club in Moline, Illinois, and we covered that on this show when it happened, as part of its nationwide campaign to push back against the Christian Good News Club offered to school children after regular hour classes. Parents protested outside Jane Addams Elementary School in Moline when the first after-school Satan club met back in January. There you go. I mean, it goes on. This is an article in Fox 5 News. I can uh, put it out on social media, at Rich Valdez with an S. But to me, I think this is something that we really need to be very cautious about because this is, um, I don't know, you tell me, crazy? <laughs> I mean, this satanic temple, they run a program that where they offer activities like science and crafts, projects, puzzles, etc. They're just trying to entice these kids at an early age into Satanism, paganism. Uh, Lucian Greaves, he's the spokesperson for the Satanic Temple, told Fox News about the club, saying, quote, I hope that our presence will allow people to see the good people can have different perspectives, sometimes on the same mythology, but not mean any harm. Yeah, whatever that means, bro. I say, listen, if you're a parent, you've got little kids, you're in for it. I didn't have to deal with stuff like that. My big girl's 20. She'll be 21 this summer. She's uh, in college. She's a junior. My little girl is a junior in high school. She's 16. She'll be 17 this fall. And thank God, you know, I'm at that last rung of the ladder, you know, where my kids know what to do, what to say, how to act. And I'm thankful for it. But for so many young parents, this has got to be very frightening. I would likely be homeschooling my kids and digging my heels into the ground because this was something I wanted to do years ago when Chuck Colson and, and Dr. James Dobson and others were saying that this was coming down the pipe. And a lot of people rejected it and didn't believe it. But it's so true. And it's actually here and it's actually happening. This is why we have to take action. We have to be involved with the school board. About 10, 11 years ago, I got involved in a school board. We actually started a charter school, and then we expanded it to a middle school and a high school. One of the most rewarding things I've ever done, one of the uh, most uh, impactful things I've ever done, and it's something I'm really proud of because you have to be able to leave some sort of legacy behind. And it's not my legacy that I'm trying to leave behind, but the idea of it was a charter school that was designed around the idea of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's beloved community, where one brother loves another brother, basically neighbors loving neighbors, people helping each other. It was built on the mutual love and respect of a beloved community. And I think that is something that we've strayed so far away from, which is why I was talking about getting along with the left. And I talk about that a lot. We may disagree with them, but we can't live in a society where we're at odds with everybody else. We have to find common ground. We have to work together because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. And united we stand, divided we fall. This is the United States, not the divided states, even though it feels that way sometimes. So we've got to do our absolute best in order to move forward and do the right thing because nobody else is going to do it for us. You know what Hamilton said? We have to stand for something because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. And Sir Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you 
to sit there and do nothing. So now's the time for you to do something. And that something is different for each person. For some people, it's going to school board meetings. For other people, it's uh, flyers. It's organizing. It's getting a club together. It's getting a mom's group or a parent's group. Look at all these moms for America and moms for liberty and whatever the other clubs that I might be forgetting right now. They made such an impact with critical race theory. They're making such an impact with fighting back this uh, gender indoctrination. We have to fight right now like we've never fought before. And I mean uh, fight in a political sense. We must get out there and get our message out there. We have to reclaim so much of the um, market share that we've lost in the classroom, in the newsroom, in the courtroom, and in the halls of Congress. Anyway, that's all I've got for today. Hasta la próxima. Until the next one, America. I am Rich Valdez here with you on Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 6 a.m. Giving you the morning show on Sunday mornings before any of the morning talk shows. You can check it out here first. It's always a pleasure to be with you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 